Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is the owner of VIP Cuts, located in Bowie, Maryland, Ms. Sabre Demby. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's funny because I got, I've, the first time I was introduced to you was in a podcast world, and then um, I kept following your page, and then I realized that you're actually a barber, and that totally threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yes. Getting, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just uh, going to say that, yes, I was in the podcasting world for a while. Barber was my first career so, and my first and full-time career. But, you know, being a barber, we talk to people all day long. We have, barbers are some of the smartest people we ever want to meet. We have so many, um, we, we meet so many people from all different walks of life. We have our own opinions and theories on so much. And so naturally I got into podcasting for about three years and loved it. So yeah, we met in that space, but a lot of people are surprised that um, I'm actually a barber because I'm so, um, I'm a woman and I'm feminine at that. <laughs> How did you get into it? How'd you get into barbering? So I was an art school student and at first coming out of high school, fresh out of high school, went to art school for audio engineering, audio uh, and in video production too, but mostly audio engineering because I did a lot of music in high school. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do something in music. I don't know. And then so, um, I, for some reason, God blessed me with the wherewithal to understand debt. And so I was the, the school I went to <laughs> was very expensive, but you know, I was paying, I was, my grandparents told me to pay. I was paying some of it. Uh, I had some scholarships some grants. So I was kind of making it happen, but I was like, I don't need a degree for this. I can always like work at a church and get the information. You know, that's not something where it's like a doctor where you have to have some type of, you know, paperwork. So I said, okay, I can always do this. So let me withdraw myself because it was, it was all on me. So I said, let me withdraw myself and get a trade. Because at that time, I'm like, okay, I'm 18. I can't just be working a job and going home and get into that cycle of nothingness, you know, um, because your salary cap is, is so low at that, at that point with no, no skill. So I said, well, let me get a trade. Um, and I knew about the barber school and I was like, well, if anything, I could do this on the side, but somehow I just knew you need some type of skill, unskilled labor or just doesn't add enough value so they don't make any money. So I said, you got to have some type of skill. So even if I do this on the side, let me see if I like it. And I ended up starting barber school and got better than a lot of guys and ended up loving it. Wow. Because you, because it's such a male dominated field, when you first started, were you intimidated? Um, yeah, especially because the school that I went to, shout out to Bladensburg Barber School in Maryland. Um, barbering is one of those industries where you get a lot of rejects, you know what I'm saying? And that's no disrespect to anyone, but it's one of those jobs that anybody can like learn and do. Not everybody will be good, but anybody can kind of do it. You don't need, you. all you need is like a, a ninth grade education. So there were a lot of guys in there like, out of prison programs, um, you know, just a lot of, just a lot of like drug addicts, not all, but, but that was kind of, you know, 
okay, well, I used to hustle, so I can't really do that no more. I'm trying to live my life right, so let me go ahead and be a barber. So it was a lot of that energy, a lot of different type of mixed energy in there. And the guys were cool and all, you know, but there were times where if there was a, uh, any type of friction, you know, in the room, they would just go back out, out, out in the back and, and duke it out. So things like that, I had to be aware as a 19-year-old as a at the time, girly girl, I ain't never really been a hood person before. I kind of would grip suburban, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was an adjustment, but that was some, probably the most intimidating part in the beginning, in the very beginning. But other than that, but like I said, even those guys, you know, still super cool. Nobody ever came at me the wrong way, you know. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of like intimidating. I just never been an in an environment quite like that. How were you able to get like your your clients, like your first clients? Because again, we know most men prefer men barbers, and that's just what it is. So how were you able to get? get men to come to your chair and actually get comfortable and get a cut no no that's a fact <laughs> so um my my first class that's why um to this day i value my children my children clients um that's how i built my clientele guys would come in there i would be nice hey how you doing do you need some help and the guys would be like oh she's nice but um you can cut my son's hair but I'm going to go to my man right here. <laughs> and which was kind of crazy because it's like, what if I wasn't good? You would let your son get jammed up, but whatever. So I said, okay, cool. I had to, I had, but, and then old men, old men would definitely be the first to get in my chair as well. So I had a, a lot of elderly and a lot of babies. Um, and to this day, my, my, I have an appreciation for my kid clients. A lot of barbers, you know, shoo away the kids because it's less money, but I built my clientele out like that. And I would never, you know, uh, not cater to them as well. But yeah, it was like that. A lot of times the kid would come out the chair looking just as good, if not better than the dad. And so then that's how it grew. <laughs> That's really how it grew. They were like, well, shoot, when my barber is late, I'm going to just try to come to you. When my barber not answering the phone, shoot I'm gonna I'm come to you sometimes guys will start coming in on their barber they know it's their barber day off just so you they go like, well you know what I'm saying I tried to come in I'll let you but you know what I'm saying I had to go to her and I built a lot of clientele from the children and really just being consistent I'm, I was in there the first thing I was the first person in there a lot of times and the last one to leave so that that convenience you know what I'm saying help get a lot of people because as we all know too a lot of barbers especially when they're good they are huge slackers <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of capitalize off that. I know the guys, I know the guys listening understand. I know, I know the guys that listening right now can, can identify. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not gonna <laughs> say too much. <laughs> All right now. How long did it take for you to get comfortable? Like, you know, once you got in the shop and started, you know start cutting kids and you know the older people how long did it take for you to get comfortable with, with your craft um i'd say about maybe a year in the shop uh maybe eight months to a year if i'm remembering correctly because um 
when I first, when I, of course, when I started in barber school, that was the first time I cut hair. I had no prior experience. So then when I got into, uh, and then when I got good in there, it took a few months, then I actually got good. So I was comfortable in there. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the big leagues. Then you get out there in the shop and you realize, oh, you're kind of like scum. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, you're like, dang, these people got experience, the skill, they have things, you know, habits, uh, about how they how they do their craft that that is just second nature to, to them and I'm still like you know trying I'm like okay yeah I'm sharp for school but I'm coming out here with these people and they are sharp on a different level their fades are hitting a little bit tighter than what my instructor taught me so I had to learn from that so but from learning from that it took about eight months to a year to feel comfortable in there because little did I know the barbers the experienced barbers were looking at me like damn, sure, yeah, all right. I didn't know that at the time, you know, but later on they would share with me like, they's like, dang, I, you know, I never seen nobody that nice coming out of school, but I thought I was just like a peon, you know what I'm saying, compared to, to them. So did that give you a boost of confidence to hear that from established barbers? Um, yeah, for sure. It's always good to be respected by your peers. Did you have any mentors that like, you know, in the shop that took you under their wing? Oh yeah, the owner, owner, a lot of tough love from the owner. I mean, a lot of embarrassment, you know, <laughs> the owner really would like put me through it. Um, I, he would call me out in front of everyone. Any any little mistake I had, it would bar, it would bar, there were barbers who didn't hit every cut right. But anytime I had made any slight mistake, it would be called out to the forefront and it would be made fun of, you know, but it made me tough. Now I feel like I can survive in any environment. Like I, I have a really thick skin. I have a tough skin. And I really appreciate him for that. His name is Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. So was he doing was he doing that uh, to make you tougher, or was he trying to drive you away? Because that's kind that's an interesting approach to take. I. He definitely wasn't trying to. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a little bit of both in the beginning. I might have to ask him that. But I think that because you can't be soft in that in that environment you know a woman a, a feminine young woman I was always the youngest I started in my career in 19 so go figure you know you can't be soft if you are looked at as soft people are going to play you and it will be little stuff you know like stealing clients or stealing walk-ins and stuff like that you have to have a tough skin because if you can't if you can't um take it in certain environments, it's just going to be a tough road for you. You'll, I know barbers who left and, and switched so many shops just because someone said something that they didn't like, or the owner said something that got under their skin and they felt disrespected and they're losing. If you can never build something sturdy, if you keep moving from shop to shop, because you're in your feelings. So I don't know, maybe he was, maybe he was just trying to push me to my limit or, or he was just trying to see what I was made of. I don't know, but whatever it was, it, it worked for me. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. No one can offend me. <laughs> <laughs> now you like every other barber, you had to navigate through these rough COVID times. So I wanted you to elaborate more, like how did that affect you? Because you know, for a while the barber shops was closed and you, you, couldn't, you couldn't work basically. So how were you able to navigate through that? Yeah, that was tough. I mean, um, it was tough not being, it was tough for someone to take your, your job away from you um, and deem it as something that is unsafe. And so you're kind of, it's kind of like a threat. And you hear all these stories about barbers getting sick and dying. Like it would be like one or two stories and it would have people shook 
then you see shops, people still operating and then the shop gets shut down and stuff like that. So you will hear things like that. And, and it is it is something for someone to, to just deem your job unsafe and take it away. Um, luckily for me, I've always been smart with my money. So I wasn't, you know, tripping too hard other than the fact that um, I was like, okay, well, you didn't know when they were going to open it up. That was kind of scary, but I was going to set up shop somewhere, even if I had to kind of my garage and my garage, I was going to figure it out if it was too long. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, like, no, but I always been, I always been pretty good with money. A lot of barbers were getting unemployment too. So that helped. Um, I didn't have to do that, but there were a lot of people that were helped by that. Um, but yeah, but I have my clientele because this happened after I've been 10 years in the game, by the time doors open back up, people were just falling over themselves to get back in, in the chair. So I really didn't, um, miss too much of a beat and I, I thank god for that because i couldn't imagine if i was like a oh, new barber in the out? game how um long how long was it here i think about what was it three months two or three three months two no okay. two two or three months i can't remember it seemed like a minute ago but it wasn't it was earlier last year i can't don't quote yeah. me on that see i'm in california so it was it was a long time here. Yeah, it wasn't. I know it wasn't as long as there. I know things were shut down in California way longer than it was on, way longer than it was um on the East Coast. In Maryland, anyway, because New York was shut down pretty long too. Did you do yeah, any? What were you doing doing that time? Um, that's funny you ask. Um, during that time, I did a lot of personal development work. I had some time to sit still. Um, I read some things. It almost felt like jail, you know what I mean? A little bit. But I mean, I've never been to jail, but you would, you know, from what they see in the movies, you know, no disrespect to nobody, but you get time. You have, you're forced to kind of like reflect and, and you get a chance to read things. You're forced to sit still. And I got a lot of home projects done. I spent time with my daughter. Um, yeah, a lot of personal development stuff. Ironing out my goals, of course, just like everybody else, trying to be the best. We're trying to come out of this the, a better version of myself. But yeah, but getting more intentional about the goals, like not just saying, oh, I want to be successful, but I want this type of car, this type of, you know, this neighborhood, this, you know, getting real specific with it. And just, and I hate to how cliche it sounds, but just really just getting closer to God because you get, you're forced to sit still for a while. So that, and yeah, men, just improving my mental health, which was always decent, but just being more um, intentional about it. You know what I mean? You you mentioned your daughter and, and, and everyone knows like barbers have, they don't have a nine to five. It's, it's a lot of their days, it could be 10 to 12 hour days. So how do you manage being a barber and being a mother? Um, I feel like um, it's easy because I do have a work-life balance. I've worked myself to, to, to that point and I know when to say when, you know, I know not to get every dollar offered. So on my days, off, I just make my days off the days her dad works and then we do it like that. And I'm really, because her dad is just so awesome. I feel like a part-time parent. Like I'm only, I only have to be there 50% of the time. 
So I just make my days okay. off around that because he's just always there. He's, he's amazing. So um, he, we work our schedules together so that basically our days off, like on my days off, he works on his, his days off. Um, I work so that we do it like that. That's a blessing. I'm glad to hear that. that oh, yeah. You know, you able to, you're too able to navigate that and work as a team. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, one thing a lot of barbers mentioned, too, is, um, you know, it's a lot of standing and it's a continuous motion of cutting. Um, do you ever think about the like the physical toll it takes on your body and how long you can actually continue to cut? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why. Um... That's part of why I'm in an ownership position now, because I know this is not this is not something that you can do forever. I mean, there are some old barbers, but at that point, you're just doing it for like just to get out the house. You ain't really doing it. You're not really doing it to to live at that point. I mean, to, you know, to to really earn money at that point. Um, but I, I have retirement set up. I have I have all the accounts that, you know, a government worker would have. I just buy it myself. Okay. Yep, you mentioned, actually, and, 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 oh, wait, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, but no, just, you. you know, I, I want you to finish your thought. Oh, so ownership helps helps a lot with that because um, you you earn money. Not just the key to it, and this is something I learned earlier early on in my career, is that you want to be able to earn money while you're not standing behind the chair. Yes, that's you earn money when you're standing behind the chair. Find a way to. You're not. So that, like you said, in the event that you can't stand that long or your eyes go bad or whatever, you're not, you know, distraught because like some people end up being because they just rely and they on their youth and they think that that's going to last forever. Is there age that you want to be done, like actually physically cutting? No, nah, not that I know of. I love it. So okay. I'll do it. I'll, I'll let the game. I'll. I'll try to retire before the game retires me, but if the game retires me, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and you, by do the time it, and you also do a lot of... Oh, no, I'm saying, I feel like my by, by the time I get a certain age, my old clients, they're going to be halfway bald anyway, so we just going to be, you know, shooting <laughs> this crap together. <laughs> we, I can't mess up that. <laughs> when the, if, a young, if a young guy comes to the shop, I ain't even going to say nothing. I'm going to just be like, hey, how you doing? Go to him. <laughs> <laughs> you you do a lot of i noticed on your um page you do like a lot of physical activity a lot of working out is that for your overall health or to help you sustain your bob career or both so that's key like to life i'm really 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 um big on fitness and just health because i know me personally i demand a lot from my body like you said, 10 hour days on my feet, um, you know, using my arms and hands and stuff like that. Your back needs to be strong. Your legs need to be strong. Even mentally, you have to be tough. So the th not only is it the working out like I do uh, three or four days out the week with a trainer, it's the food, having a, a, a alkaline diet, you know what I'm saying? Being mostly vegan that those things like fuel you. So I really take my health very serious, not just for my career, but that probably, that's probably what started it. Cause I'm like, okay, I have to be as healthy as I can for as long as possible. But then it's just like, 
I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor as long as I can. My, my goal is to be an old person that is functionable. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of issues that we deal with, especially as Black people, could be prevented with diet and lifestyle. Mm, yeah. Let's transition to um, VIP Cuts. You recently just opened it. And congratulations. When I, I saw the picture, I was so happy to see that. Just a, you know, a Black woman who put in the work and now you opened your own shop. So I wanted you to talk more about that. So first of all, thank you so much. It was such a long journey process. Well, not that long, but seemed long to me. Um, and I just feel so blessed and uh, a lot of hard work paid off with that. And I just really thank God for that. Cause that's not, it wasn't easy. Um, but about it, so I got to the point in my career where I felt like I was just coasting and I didn't like it. You know, I felt like, okay, yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm making money. Yeah, I'm set up. I'm setting up for my future and all that, but who am I going to help? You know, how, do I have the capacity to help other people? And I know that you, the, the way that you are compensated and the way that you really leave a legacy is, determined by the amount of people that you reach and help. And I just remember, you know, people helping me, you know, I, I, met, I mentioned Andrew, there were a couple others um, who helped me. And I'm, I wasn't in a space because literally I didn't have enough space. I couldn't train, I didn't have the space to train someone else and stuff like that. And then it was just the next step in my career. I, I was like, I'm coming up on 10 years and um, it's time, you know, for the next step. And I needed more of a challenge. And um, I started looking, you know, then an opportunity came to me um, to buy VIP. And I decided to keep the name and everything. It's not a franchise or nothing like that. But the sellers had a, a very great reputation uh, with, the, with it being a barbershop. It was pretty much turnkey. It was almost like God just said, you should look at this one because it's kind of perfect for you. So just take a look at it and see if, you know, you can you can bear it. And, um, I looked into it and it, it worked, God, you know, God let it work itself out. And here we are. I'm the new owner of a 11 chair barbershop in a, a very nice area in Maryland. I was going to ask, but, but did, was that the location you set out for or that just was happened by chance? Bowie. Well, well, it, is close to where I was working before. So it okay. was really within my zone of knowledge. Like it was it was in the zone that I, I'm familiar with. And it's a very nice area. Like I said, like you people can look up Bowie, Maryland, the income, I mean, the the property values, the school system, it's a wonderful area. It's it has a lot of it's in Prince George's County, which is one of the richest, blackest, the one of the blackest, richest Richest Black is however you want to put it, counties in the country. And um, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And to, to, have, to have a barbershop in a Black area that uh, of high earning Black people, oh, it's phenomenal. So now that you're a shop owner, what is, what is the difference? Like, what has it been like owning a shop now? Um, of course, just more responsibility. Uh, 
a lot uh, more bigger picture thinking. It's not just about me anymore. It's not just about cuts by Sabre. Cuts by Sabre to me is almost dead in the water. It's about VIP cuts. So anybody, it's not about me getting a client for myself or me attracting clients for myself and improving my clientele. It's about thinking about other people. I have other people that rely on me now for their living. And that is huge. And it is a huge responsibility for me that I, I respect and I honor it to take care of my barbers because my barbers will not only feed other Black families, but they also provide quality service for my customer base. And it's, it's about time that, you know, Black people start owning businesses that we can really take pride in. That's not just, oh, supported because it's Black, but yeah, it's Black, but it's also high end. And you're going to really feel good about being there. You're going to feel good about spending money there because it's the, you know, Ruth Chris of barbershops, not just, okay, well, you know, you go get a haircut and you leave. Like, no, you, you have top quality service and you don't have to leave your community to get it. Wow. Now, again, we, we, we're still dealing with COVID and COVID changed the way everything was operating. Did it make you a little apprehensive about making the move to buy the shop? Um, no, because I know that this is this condition is temporary. This is not going to last forever. And if you just if you're waiting for the perfect time, and this is with anything, you're going to end up procrastinating heavily. Um, I could have waited until COVID died down. But who says that COVID is going to die down anytime soon? And then I don't. Are you going to be one of those people that's just like, well, shoot, I was going to get a shot, but you know what I'm saying? Then COVID hit. So you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm low. I'm laying low right now. That's why I'm cutting hair in my grandma's basement. Like I'm not doing that. So I got the opportunity and I took advantage of it. And really, all it did for the industry was make it more sanitary. Granted. The thing that I miss, though, about the barbershop is the waiting area. People get to wait, we talk, they're watching the game or they're, they're listening to music. You know, you see the kids waiting and they're talking to you and catching you up about how school is, stuff like that I miss. Um, mm -hmm. the, waiting, the waiting area is so underrated, <laughs> you know. Um, but other than that, I mean, you just, we just, a lot of us in the industry have just improved our sanitation methods, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of stuff we could have been doing before, just like the airlines. They, I'm like, oh, so y'all just started cleaning these these planes? Oh, that's crazy. Y'all should have been doing this. Y'all just circulating out the old air and putting in new air or whatever they're doing, sanitizing, putting, putting I don't know, Lysol in the air. Y'all should have been doing this, but whatever. So, it's, I mean, some stuff we've been doing that were very sanitary and some stuff it's like, okay, we can upgrade the sanitation and keep it moving. Like I know in my shop, there's plastic um, um, like partitions in between each, each station. That's to me, that's a bit corny and unnecessary as far as like a lot of these COVID restrictions, I just be looking at them like it makes zero sense. Like COVID, if it wanted to travel between station to station, it can go around the plastic, but whatever. It makes people feel safe and it looks good and it is what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, I have all the, the, I have all the bells and whistles to make it uh, up to code, up to the new code. So that's all you have to do is just upgrade the sanitation and follow the rules from the health department and you're fine. 
with everything you've accomplished and everything you're doing, do you feel like you're moving in your purpose? I do. I do. I feel like a huge part of many of our purposes is to help other people and to, to either understand or do understand or do what we successfully, what we've done successfully. And I feel like, um, this is going to help me when people told me, you know, when I started my career, okay, yeah, that's cool. So, but what are you going to do like for a real job? And I was able to buy houses, you know, cars, I mean, build my credit. I mean, just do so many things as an entrepreneur, as an independent contractor working for myself. And I just feel like there are so many people out there afraid they're holding on to a job where for, for benefits that for less money that they can buy them. So they can buy those benefits themselves and earn more money and have more peace of mind because they have more freedom. I mean, of course it's not for everyone, but there, it is for some people who may be afraid to jump out there. And I feel like a part of my purpose is to show them that you, you can't. And also that's for the barber's part, but for the clients, you know, um, I feel like uh, part of my purpose is just to, you know, speak life into my clients. You know, you talk to people all the time, all different types of people, all different types of walk of life. Of life. And I feel like uh, my perspective, just being positive all the time, I think that that goes further than I probably would ever know personally. So, um, yes, I do believe I am living in my purpose. Things align too well for it not to be. That's, that's a blessing. That's truly a blessing. Yeah, it really is. You, you started as a barber and now you've transitioned to a shop owner. So what advice would you have, not just for upcoming barbers, but entrepreneurs in general? What's, what's some key advice you would give them moving forward? Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned is that that kind of can be universal for entrepreneurs is that expect people to be people. One of the best books out is Robert Greene's Law of Human Nature. Um, the Laws of Human Nature, the same guy who did 48 Laws of Power. He has a human nature book that just explains all the like different personality types and just the nature of how humans are, the flaws the bright side, the dark side that we all have. And so you have to kind of just, you, you'll avoid a lot of disappointments by just knowing that people are going to be people. Like people, like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a commission um, a format for how I'm gonna operate my business. And a lot of people say, oh, it's risky, whatever, whatever. Okay, cool. In order to get something that people ain't getting, you gotta do something that people ain't doing. So whatever, whatever. But a lot of people say, oh, well, what if someone, you know, logs it, you know, tries to steal from you? Um, what if someone tries to log in the wrong thing or, you know, try to try, you know, what if you're not there? You can't monitor everything. What if someone tries to do this? I'm like, someone is going to steal from me. Someone is going to try it. Like, and that's okay. I'll, I'll know how to, instead of, you know, being on edge and punishing everybody for some potential, you know, um, bad seeds. You can't do, you can't live like that because you have to expect that human nature is going to occur. You just pray for the discernment to know how to handle it when it comes because it's going to come. And guess what? If you, if you are into the Bible or just into, you know, different things, different stories that people use as an examples of how to live, 
the person that's going to probably cross you the hardest is the one you trust the most. So if you just accept it, and when it comes, you're not like, how could this happen? You know, winters are going to come. Um, I think uh, Jim Rohn, he explains that, uh, I don't know, I'm sorry being, being long-winded, that, um, no, go ahead. but I think this you is important. This I think this is important. I think that Jim Rohn, he explains that life is like the changing seasons. You're going to have winter, summer, uh, spring, fall. They're all going to come. So if I think a lot of people could avoid depression if they, and, and not to say that there aren't chemical imbalances because there are. But I think a lot of people can avoid a lot of disappointment and a lot of depression if they know that, okay, bad times are going to come. Things are going to hit you, but so is so. Just like winter will come, summer will come as well. You know what I'm saying? And whatever you plant in the fall is going to come out. You know what I'm saying? Is you're going to have to weather the winter and it's going to come out in the harvest, you know, but it's going to have that cycle. So if you, ex and even when you have the summers, you got to protect what is blooming in the summer. You have to protect it from the, from the vultures and the different things that will try to eat away at it while you're, while you're growing and while things are looking are flourishing, but you have to expect that things are going to come and they're going to hit. You just, you just have to brace yourself for the winters because in the winter, some people starve and die. And then in the winter, some people ski and sled. So you just have to be prepared for, ask God for just preparedness for the winters when they come, because they're going to come. Hmm. I really thank you for doing this. Um, again, I just want to say congratulations. Um, just seeing your journey a young black woman that started as a barber and now you went to, you got a great shop going. I, I looked at the pictures, I just smiled. I was like, look at her, you know, signing the papers. <laughs> it was just a beautiful thing to see. And, and you know, I really do congratulate you. And, and you know, I'm really proud to see the things you accomplished. And I just wish you all the best with the shop and everything you got moving forward. Well, you know, I thank you so much. I really do, I appreciate it. it it's, it, I have so many supporters and, it's just been amazing to just accomplish something and have so many people cheering and, and singing your praises and just like, you know, rooting from you, whether they're in Maryland or California, that's just truly been a blessing to me. You just never know who's watching. You never know who sees it. So I really appreciate you noticing that. Definitely. Just keep, keep working hard and keep setting a great example for us to follow. Oh man, no problem. It's not, it's not even me. I guess so, I pull so much for so, from so many different people, but I appreciate that. Definitely. Before we end it, please let the people know how they can follow you, where the shop is located and any other detail you want to mention. Well, for real, for real, you can call me at, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you can, you can <laughs> follow me on Instagram at Miss Sabre. That's at M-S-S-A-B-R-A-E. And that is like the mothership page. Um, I'm still getting everything together with the new business page and all of that. But if you follow that page, you will, that's the nucleus. And you'll find everything you need to know from everything else. The Miss Sabre, at Miss Sabre on Instagram. Um, I really don't accept new, fa new Facebook friends. Twitter, I'm really not that active. So Instagram is the best bet. And I have a website at, I mean, oh, you can go on missabray.com 
and check out all the new updates and things like that. And that is how you can reach me. And if you have any questions, I am coming out with a, um, an e-course on how to do different haircuts and stuff like that. So if you're a, a cosmetologist with a license trying to brush up your barbering skills, or if you're a new barber, or if you're just curious, I mean, I'll have a, I'll have a new um, e-course coming up soon on um, Teachable. So um, be on the lookout for that. But if you follow Mr. Bray, you'll get all the updates for everything. All right. Um, again, thank you for the time. I know you got, you know, you just opened the shop. You got a million things going on. So for you to carve out this time for me, I truly appreciate it. No, it's, it's been my pleasure, honestly. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on com you can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lant. My Facebook is also Conversations with Lant. And you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.